Good afternoon. You're listening to The Emily Rooney Show. All apologies. Everybody's backing away from comments made by a Democratic <laughs> operative that Ann Romney never worked a day in her life. This is the kind of ginned-up news cycle we can expect to see over the next few months now that Mitt Romney is the presumptive Republican nominee. Everything is fair game. I think we can expect a resurrection of the story about Mitt putting his dog Seamus in a crate on top of the car, too. That, of course, was a PR disaster for Romney. But this one about Ann not working when she raised five boys is a winner. It's a home run something the Red Sox could desperately use today. All right. Joining me here in the studio are Boston Globe columnist Kevin Cullen, Michael Regenberg from Solomon and McCowan Public Relations, and Dave Wedge from the Boston Herald. All right. Starting with Red Sox. Oh, do we have to? Yes. <laughs> are you one of those? Are you already? I'm, no, you know, I, I am. Are you, are you panic button McGurry? already? Yeah. Oh, my God. That McGorry <laughs> thing was over the top. That I'm was not, so negative. I'm not that bad. But that was I have, bad. I noticed last year, even before the collapse, what I have season tickets and I – well, I'm in a pod with guys. It yeah. used to be four in 1986 and now it's about 11 because they're so expensive. <laughs> And uh, my seats are $135 each. You're part of the Brian Mooney group? No. That, oh. they, they have a good deal. They're, yeah. they're, they're like up on the left, left field grandstand. Yeah. And they're, not, yeah. they're paying a, a third of what I'm mm-hmm. paying. Uh, but $135 I, It's crazy. Each? Yeah, it's 10 rows behind home plate. Great place to watch a game and all that stuff. But I noticed last year for the first time ever I really had trouble selling them. Usually I'd put them up and they're gone like that. And now it's – Last year was hard to sell them. I think this year is going to be very. I just think that the what happened is that after the the debacle of last the September, epic the epic I love collapse. That term. The epic collapse. Um, <laughs> after that happened, I think uh, there was a presumption that the Red Sox would get better during yeah. the offseason. Yeah, somehow. And they did not. No. And I think anybody who understands baseball realizes that the Yankees and the uh, the Rays from Tampa Bay are better teams than the Red Sox. Now, Dan Shaughnessy, who loves to be cynical, picked the Red Sox to be finished fourth. He suggests that Toronto may finish above them. Everybody laughed. I don't think he's wrong. Now, wow. particularly with losing the, the closer, Bailey, yeah. Yeah. they lost two of the they, – they're one before and five right now. Yeah. Two of the games they, they lost is – I think if Papelbon's the closer, they win those games. That means they're three and two instead of one and five. Mm. Early days and all that stuff. But it just doesn't wow, look this is good. Negative. It doesn't well, are they, are good. Do you think they're going to boo poor Josh Beckett yes. when he comes yeah. out? Yes. Oh, my gosh. And that, and then, That's and terrible. They should. No, they should. No, they should. I think – right. I mean I think it's still left – um, a bitter taste in in fans' mouths that they haven't gotten over, and they haven't. To your point, I mean, granted, it's only what four games, uh, six, yeah, um, one in five, six games. one in five. But they haven't seen any yeah. turnaround. So I think there's kind of I think the enthusiasm gap. Did you see will the? I, I, it's kind of a weird column I did, but there was a political polling group from North Carolina. They were so bored with asking people in Massachusetts about the presidential race that they asked about the Red Sox. Really? I did a column a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's very yeah. interesting findings. But what was really distinctive is that Red Sox fans don't blame Terry Francona yeah, for no, what happened. Yeah, no, they blame the players. Yeah. And yeah. the popularity of the, the – I call them the chicken and brew crew yeah. – is rock bottom. Right. And people do blame them. These these guys are making millions of dollars. Well, this this whole thing with uh, Francona with the, the, the stories Not about the back. pills and all yeah, that oh, stuff yeah. when he was leaving, that, that smear campaign oh, that was went horrible. on. As he went out the door. That's going to come back to bite him. It is. And it, it, already already, has. it already has with Shaughnessy's column. That was a great story. And they're, and they're, doing, had, you know, they're working on a book together, I guess, yeah. is what I hear. Yeah. Frank Horner and, and Frank Shaughnessy. And, um, you know, this ownership group is really, uh, you know, I guess they're not even in town. I guess they're in London. They're in Liverpool, Liverpool for a Liverpool John soccer Henry's? game today. I, yeah. I, I heard no, I'm really sure Larry Lucchino is here. Uh, I heard this morning that two of them were That's in Liverpool. Bad. And this is the idea. this is the hundredth anniversary yeah. of Fenway Park. Well, no, Park. they'll be here next week. It's still it's opening day, and it's the hundredth anniversary. I can't believe I, they're I, not here. That's I. I mean, I'd, I'd unless I'm mistaken, but, but if they are, if, it, it could be that they might show make an appearance and then jump on a plane because I think Liverpool plays tomorrow. But we'll see. Mm-hmm. Now, there was a report this morning that two of them were in Liverpool and they weren't going to be there today. So if that's the case, Bad you know, idea. I think you know you, you run Theo out of town. You run. Frank Owner out of town. You run Papelbon out of town. You know, this ownership group has a lot to answer for if, if it's going to be a 500 season. Yeah. You know? yeah. I mean, it's it's hard to – I couldn't watch the other night. It and the game's not sold out to today. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, this is the, the one thing that I, I, 
usually opening open. day is it's like spring. Yeah, yeah. Everything's Everybody. possible. Everybody. People are Renewal. optimistic. Renewal. And she's, everybody's go. We've gone back to this like, oh my God, they're going <laughs> to yeah. lose. Yeah. And you and couldn't like, have a more gorgeous day. Right. No, you, you know? really, it's a beautiful yeah. opening day, but uh, oh. I won't be there. Well, we weren't going to talk about that, but we did. <laughs> yeah, Rough stuff. Get that out of the way. Yikes. Ouch. Downer. It's really depressing. Only Can only go up from here. Yeah, right? exactly. Well, let's talk <laughs> no, about Let's talk about Anne Romney because that's what everybody else is talking about. I mean, this really was. You said it. But you, in your intro, you said it. She, Hillary Rosen is. Nobody, I was Googling. Like, who is who Hillary is, Rosen? It's like yeah. my saying something, frankly, and then it All got. Right, here, we have this little piece of sound Let's from Hillary it. Rosen, who was on Anderson 360 on CNN. I guess she's some regular talking head they use on right. CNN. I, I didn't know who she was, but here's what she said. What you have is. Is Mitt Romney running around the country saying, well, you know, my wife tells me that what women really care about are economic issues. And when I listen to my wife, that's what I'm hearing. Guess what? His wife has actually never worked a day in her life. Ooh. <laughs> you know, I, I drove home last night from work and I stopped off at Denley's in Weymouth to get a pizza for my kids. And I looked up and Brian Williams, they lead, they led no. the, the yeah. network newscast with this last week. And my head just says, boy, last that's night? what you call a slow news day. They well, led the network news with this story. Really? Right. I mean, shame on the media, frankly, yeah. the political media, where they'll look for any little thing. Yeah. The Obama um, campaign should have distanced themselves Instead of apologizing? Yeah. I mean, they were a little Defensive. So she I mean, what speak they speak for us. Yeah, that's yeah. I mean, who said. is she? She right. She doesn't represent the campaign. And what it does is it diverts attention yep. from you know the, Repo- the Republicans who have really done damage to women. So to let them, ha- I mean, you know, she's not. She's what not. Damage have the Republicans done to women? Are you kidding me? The policies that the Republicans have voted in over over the last few years have been horrible. So they have, you know, it hasn't supported women well, at all. It, it's a godsend for the Republicans. I think what Michael's saying, I agree in, in the sense that the debate for the last month or so has been really, well, mm. two months has been that the Republicans are on this jihad against women's right. yeah. rights, yeah, reproductive yeah, yeah, yeah. rights, contraception, blah, 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 all that stuff. Now th- they saw an opportunity and you got to give Perfect. them credit. It, it in was one a great news cycle. Moment. Now, whether it lasts is another no, question because today. I really do. At the end of the day, you know, it went it, for three days. Though. Well, I mean, and the other thing, quite frankly, I don't want to get in the middle of this, but um, <laughs> she didn't. She never worked a day in her life. There <laughs> well, you go. God, no, I knew no, no. you were going to say that. She had the choice. True statement. She had the choice, a and a lot of women across America don't have that she, choice because she's, they've got money, and so, she didn't. You know, yeah. she did raise five kids. She would have. Yeah, no, hire. I mean, no, no. I, it's not like the lady said, you know, stay-at-home moms are worthless. You know, she just said. She's she never, never worked. She, yeah. she, and she hasn't. She's been, that she hasn't mean, been in the workforce. That doesn't mean she sat around eating bonbons. Yeah, it just right. means yeah, that re- she, she wasn't going to some employer every single but day. And right. it, it, is, it was true, if not yeah. accurate. But it's just a, right. a diversion. <laughs> it's a diversion. But the other thing is that you know, Rush Limbaugh says something of this equivalence every single day. He says something misogynistic about women every single day. Day. And the right. idea that this woman who was on the Anderson Cooper sto- uh, show somehow represents anything more than herself is right. nonsense. Right. Well, the, the Republicans smartly took it and twisted yeah, it to I make agree. it like, you know, the, look, the Democrats don't want you to be a stay-at-home mom. They think stay, they somehow it turned into right. a debate over whether or not staying that's at right. home with your children and raising them is it's actually legitimate. employment. Right. And, and, you know, that's a different debate than what the woman it's said. It's work, but it's not employment. Exactly. You know, and, and no, again, it's not like the lady said, you know, Ann Romney's lazy yeah, and, and right. didn't do anything with her life. She just made it, stated a fact. But, she, but, she but that said, I mean, I think that Ann Romney will be uh, a real advantage for the camp for, for the Romney she's campaign. Already. I she's mean, good. so, yeah. She's, she's a nice she, person. A lot, of, a lot of people think that well she's spoken. carrying Mitt right now and saving him in a lot of ways. I always remember that. Remember when the Globe did the undercover thing and caught all the uh, illegal immigrants oh, yeah, yeah. Catch a, uh, cutting his grass? Yeah. I remember one of the things that was most distinctive about that story is that man for man, all those guys described Mrs. Romney as very nice and very kind and spoke to them and brought them water and all this. Like, I think Ann Romney is a credit to the campaign, right. and I think she will be. But the idea of portray, I, I, you know, th- there's a danger. I mean, the Republicans have had a couple of good days on this. They better not push it that far. Right. Because at the end of the day, she still is the lady with two Cadillacs. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't push the, you the know. The one who didn't have to get him yeah. pregnant. Yeah. Yeah, you don't, you don't want to make it like she's, oh, p- poor Ann, leave yeah. her out of this when you're putting her out there front and center in the campaign. So, you know, they're saying on one hand she's not fair game, but they're making her fair game. Absolutely. All right. Earlier in the week, 
Rick Santorum threw in his hat, threw out his hat, I should say. Here's what he had to say. We made a decision over the weekend that while this presidential race for us is over for me and we will suspend our campaign effective today, we are not done fighting. They all say that. Every <laughs> single candidate who has ever bowed at a race said, the fight continues. We will this, we will that. No, no, it's you're, over. You're suspending. Done. You're suspending. We gotta, I have like to retire my debt. Right. I, think, I think Christy Mayo said that, didn't he? Yeah. Yes, he did. <laughs> but, that's, but, but that was, you know, the, it's true. that So he, he was, the campaign was in debt. I think there was a good chance that um, he was going to lose Pennsylvania, and that yeah. would have been a death knell for him anyway. So... You know, I wonder so, if he got a promise, too. I mean, you know, at the end of this, if Romney wins, we could see a whole new cabinet position created for Rick Santorum. He could be the cabinet secretary for God. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I know. For church and state. Yes. Yeah. It was pretty amazing state. that he went as far as he did. I mean, he no, was, there, there was, was no one else to go. There is, you know, well, they exactly. tried everyone else one by yeah. one, and they dropped, dropped and I, off. It, and... it showed the real deficit, and, and this is reminds me of the McCain situation, Um Romney does have a problem with the right wing within the GOP. He's not considered a true conservative. He's not considered a right wing guy. And because he, you know, he's not. He's not. Right. And, and McCain didn't. McCain wasn't either. And look how the McCain people responded. They went out and got Sarah Palin, thinking that would appeal to the hard right, bring them in. It was an unmitigated disaster. And so now with Santorum out, obviously these guys right now are focusing on who do we balance the ticket with. And if they're going to go uh, down that right wing, I think they're I think they're crazy. I don't think that's going to help. That's not going to not going to help Romney. I can't believe happen. they would, but I mean, I was shocked when they when they picked Sarah Palin. I don't think they're going to. He's going to do a woman either. No, although no, you know, Condoleezza so Rice is on Nikki the list, Haley. but that's not going to happen, right? Nikki Haley. I mean, I think the list kind of stays the same from what you know everyone's been saying, right? So Marco, Marco Rubio, Rubio, Chris Christie. You know, whether Paul Ryan. You know, maybe he helps with the right. I. I you know? He's too far right to yeah. yeah, but it's, it's – so whoever it is, I think it's – you know, the idea of bringing in the social issues. I mean Palin couldn't talk about anything but sort of that's, that the sort of stuff she talked about. To me, the only way they win this uh, is if, if, if people believe that the economy will get better with a different administration. If they think that Obama just didn't do enough, whether he could or couldn't, that isn't the issue. If people say, you know what, let's, let's give it a shot, it's going to be on economic issues. You know what I find staggering, and I, I know I'll probably get some letters at this, but Mitt Romney speaking before the NRA today, I mean the pandering that goes yeah. on to that organization is nauseating. You look at just what's happened in our own backyard in the last couple of days. Yeah, I mean, last night that – Police officer shot and killed in four the, the police yeah. chief in Greenland, New Hampshire. Four other cops shot this morning in Chicopee. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A police officer. Yeah. Just what we shot. need is more, more guns. guns or more <laughs> right. you know people you know fighting for their guns. There's only I've said this before. There's only one reason to own a gun, and it's to shoot somebody. Right. right. That's the only reason. Oh, you know, you know, what about the hunters? Yeah, 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 right. right but it is disturbing when you think – I mean when I, I look at the, the way that the Trayvon Martin thing is playing out, it, you know, we're really it, – it's, it's obviously Martin, you know – polarizing the country. You can see it happening. But at the end of the day, it comes down to the NRA's influence to yeah, be able to does. go in there and write that ludicrous law that everybody in law enforcement – there wasn't stand one your person ground, in law enforcement yeah. who endorsed stand your ground. They knew it. They knew what would be created. They knew that any time unless you had 20 eyewitnesses that watched the confrontation, you're going to have people that will take it into their own hands because they know they can get away with it. Well, the- and Right. I mean, it's just to me, it's it's it, it's ludicrous how much power the NRA has in this country. But you know, the other thing is, we're speaking here in the <laughs> I know. this little yeah. bubble. You know, of, we are in a bubble on this stuff. And Thank you go God to other parts of the country, you just say, you know, it, it is a different world out there. Right. Mm-hmm. And don't you think, though, that the the Trayvon Mar- the the George Zimmerman trial, in fact, will be? I mean, one, it'll be a trial of stand your ground, but also, you know, just sort of the availability of 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 guns. I mean, I think oh, we'll that be, won't come in. Well, yeah. Well, Florida is just a different planet in itself when yeah. it comes to guns. I mean, and everything I, else. I, I've been to Florida <laughs> and um, I walked into a gun range and gave them my license and they gave me guns and we're shooting nine millimeters and whatever we wanted to Great. shoot. And you know, being a guy from Boston, you can't do that up here. You know what I mean? So, um, <laughs> you know, it, the the thing with that, it, with the George Zimmerman thing, the thing that I really haven't heard flushed out yet is. Why are neighborhood watch guys carrying guns? Well, is that yeah. allowed right. or is it permitted or is it just this guy happened to have one, 
But that's pretty scary. I mean, can you imagine the guardian angels carrying heat in Boston? Lovely. Wouldn't work out well. Well, I'm sure, I mean, presumably that didn't come up. Presumably he had a legal gun. Well, he, he I, did. I, he did. But I, but I guess what I'm saying is if he was a part of an organized neighborhood watch, they know he was carrying guns. Yeah. Is that something that's kind of the norm? Speaking of doing things differently, did, did you all hear the, the, the prosecutor, you know? That was bizarre. Right, yeah. We have a little clip <laughs> of her. She started talking about God, and that's when yeah. I got God really concerned. God and, you know, the victim. And let, let's just listen to a little of this. <laughs> Today, we filed an information charging George Zimmerman with murder in the second degree. A capius has been issued for his arrest. With the filing of that information and the issuance of a capius, he will have a right to appear in front of a magistrate in Seminole County within 24 hours of his arrest, and thus formal prosecution will begin. We thank all of those people across this country who have sent positive energy and prayers our way. We ask you to continue to pray for Trayvon's family as well as for our prosecution team. Totally inappropriate. If Dan Conley got up and started totally talking about God. Maybe George Zimmerman is, is innocent. Well, like, like I said, it's a different world down there. Yeah, I, really you know, I just got back from Florida a couple weeks ago, and it really – it's so different. It's – it's amazing we're but all in the same really country. The, it's not really a deep south. I mean, I think there's so many snowbirds. But, it is, oh, but, the south. but the, yeah. it is the south, especially when you once you get outside of Miami and Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. I always say you get, when you get away from the urban areas, it's yeah, very it's it gets rural quick. Yeah, I mean, you know? I understand the prosecutor. This her job. She's found somebody that she's going to prosecute. She believes that he's guilty of this murder, but. You know, to couch it in terms of prayer and well, it's, a, it's a heavily Republican state as well. You know, I, I mean, I, I don't know. Is the DA down there a Republican? I would imagine. Yeah, well, right? yeah and the, she was appointed. I, you know, well, and I think you know the religious conservatives are very active, and you know, I think so. I, it doesn't surprise me that she, you know, brought in prayer. But it's just it is a commentary about how different it is, and how you know we don't. Think that way. What, we, what's we, kind we of ironic? That way. What's a little ironic about it too is, you know, his Republicans bringing God into it. Let's play, pray for Trayvon. A lot of those God-fearing conservatives that are down there were on Zimmerman's side. Yeah, they, it's still you know? yeah. So it's it's a those real people it's, think it's a God, heavy irony. They think that God packs heat. <laughs> but but you know one of the st- stories I think and uh, John Stewart was making fun of this you know is this trial going to be you know sort of the the next O.J. Simpson where it's going to be you know nonstop coverage right wall to wall I mean you know can the guy Let's get a so. fair t- yeah haven't had guy- a good one of those in a while <laughs> right. K- Casey Anthony that was Florida too you know yeah. I, mean, I don't know if, I don't know Phil, if he can you know? get a fair trial in the sense that I would think that almost everybody by the time he goes to trial will will have an opinion on this. It's that old line about I remember sitting through in the 80s when they were picking the jury to hear the mafia trials and people they were going to people, do you know who Jerry Angelo is? And I was saying, if they don't know who Jerry Angelo is, I don't think they're smart enough to be on a jury. <laughs> well, that was like the, the, the that pedophile priest, Paul Stanley. I mean, Shanley, Shanley. Yeah. I mean, if, if no one had heard of him by then, I mean – how, how could you? How could you possibly sit on that trial at that yeah. point? Yeah, that, there's no one that's going to not have an opinion on that case that, yeah. that they'll find for a jury. I still the, the other thing that I, it's remarkable to me how little evidence is. You know, the, there's such a dispute on what the evidence right. are, and people are quoting guys who were quoted anonymously on a, a Fox affiliate right. down in Florida and stuff. And and even the one thing that struck me in the the, the very thin affidavit they released is they said that uh, it, it, you know justifying the charge yeah. of him is that his mother identified the cry on the tape as being Trayvon. I'm saying, how, how definitive is that? I mean, how I don't know. How but would, CNN did do a, a voice analysis thing with some expert, and they they well that would be fine if they wanted they to do that. But, it but, is but quoting the using the evidence that the mother listened to the well, they tape, had that in the that's it was in the affidavit. I read the the affidavit looked to you know you got to read it. You got to I say my God, this is really bizarre. The whole thing was bizarre. The press conference was. I was listening in my car driving through the tunnel, and I just couldn't believe it. I said, How many times is this prosecutor going to quote God? Yeah, what we does God have, have to same do reaction? with this? Well, in our little newsroom, a couple of people really believe that this trial is going to be divided along racial right. lines. Yeah. That you know, black people are going to be thinking, you know, he's guilty, and white people. I, I don't know if I believe that. Well, I mean, there's quite... there is clearly, yeah, I mean, there lines. clearly is a racial divide, and if this, you know, incident did nothing, it's just you know, all you have to do is scratch the surface, and that comes. You know, back to the surface. I mean, so you know, when I when George I, Zimmerman looks like an African American to me. 
Well, I, I, but, I, think but he's, I mean, I'm but shocked. He's, but he's not. He's, and, he's dark-skinned. And, you know, I think whether it's, you know, Charles Blow writing a column yeah. that says, I have two sons and, you know, and I, I'm – I try to tell them when they go out on the street, you know, they should be careful. They should be respectful. I I mean, I think it brings up um, a lot of issues about race in America that uh, we we don't like to talk about. Mm -hmm. We like to just, you know, bury and think everything is fine. And then it takes a situation like this. And I think it raises issues that demand that we should be talking about. You know, in a Florida context, I think this has been missing. I haven't heard a lot of it talked about. Most of the recent problems, particularly in Miami in the last 20 years, it hasn't been black and white. It's been black and Hispanic. Yeah. The the riots that well, happened in Overton last, that was black and Hispanic. Well, I think Zimmerman is Hispanic. Yeah. He, is. Yeah. Uh, he is. And he is. so, I mean, that, I mean, that to me, it's been it's been portrayed as black and white, but it's, it's like everything. There are shades of gray in here. And I think, as you said, I don't think it's going to be just black and white. It's going to come down mm-hmm. on political views, too. And particularly if we're sitting around here thinking the idea, the law is nuts, the, the availability of guns is nuts down there. All that stuff contributes to what happened to Trayvon. By the way, um, we're going to be doing a piece on this on Beat the Press tonight, but CNN is using the N-word full bore. They're not, you know, they're they're quoting not just in the Trayvon Martin case, but in the Tulsa one and Mm -hmm. a couple others. They're just saying it. Well, he said this. He said that. Using the word. I mean, I I, I was shocked too, but it's... you know, and Don Lemon, who's an African American reporter, there was defending it. Whoopi Goldberg was defending it. I don't know. It still makes me a little uneasy. But yeah, it's it's not a word that's. Uh, I, I'm certainly not comfortable saying it, yeah. even when I have to quote it from yeah. testimony right. and stories that I've worked on and stuff. But back to the the racial element in the Trayvon Martin case, I think really what the 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 reason race became such a big issue in my mind for this was the lack of response after the kid was killed. So I think the yeah, black true. community looked at that like. They looked at it just another black teenager yeah, yeah, killed yeah. and no one cares and this guy's going to walk. That's where the outrage came from. And unfortunately, you do see a lot of that in the streets. You see it here in Boston. Sure. What happens when a, a 16-year-old black kid we in a brief, hoodie gets killed in Roxbury? It's a nib. It's a nib. You know, we don't, we don't go to the neighborhoods. We don't well, try to find out who they are. You know? Franco it's, Garcia was a big story. Yeah, yeah, but he was. A, he, that's a, that's totally different, though. That wasn't a well. I mean, no run a, of the mill murder gets attention. Well, and that's, no, that's no. But, but I, what I'm saying is, I think that's where the outrage from the black community yeah. comes from. Is they looked at it like just another kid. And if was the shoe was on the other cares. foot, if 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 Trayvon Martin had shot George Zimmerman, I think there's a. Think? a uh, you don't think he would have been arrested? I don't think anybody would have cared. <laughs> you, you don't think he would have Oh, he might have been arrested. Yeah, but it wouldn't have been a big story. The lack of a swift arrest infuriated the black community that deals with these feelings of oppression. That's what happened. Right. Yeah. And, it, I mean, if there's a sense that this kid was profiled by George Zimmerman, you know, I mean, that's that's mm-hmm. an issue. Yeah. Talking issue. to Michael Regenberg, Dave Wedge, and Kevin Cullen, we're going to take a quick break. And then we're going to check in with some of your letters and emails we received this week. You're listening to The Emily Rooney Show from 89.7 WGBH, Boston Public Radio. We love our contributors. That means you and Safety Insurance partnered with Safe Roads Alliance and In Control Crash Prevention Training to help educate teens and drivers of all ages about safe driving practices. You can learn more at safetyinsurance.com. And Skinner, auctioneers and appraisers. People not infrequently will say, hey, I heard you guys in WGPH. Stephen Fletcher, executive vice president. It's benefiting us because... WGBH brings so much to all of us. It's good for business, but it's bigger good, and it's something that we're proud of. To learn how WGBH can benefit your business, visit WGBH.org slash sponsorship. Rick Santorum, bowing to the inevitable, withdrew from the presidential race this week. That means Newt Gingrich is now in sole possession of second place. He says he's got a great shot at grabbing the nomination. After all, he just needs one more guy to quit, and he's there. I'm Peter Sagal. Join us for the news quiz of attrition on this week's Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR. Tomorrow afternoon at 1, here on 89.7 WGBH. 
Hi, I'm Laura Carlo from WGBH's sister station, Classical New England, inviting you to celebrate the legacy of classical music here in New England by joining the Classical Club with a gift of $120 or just $10 a month. You'll unlock a whole host of benefits, including live performances and exclusive discounts. In fact, if you join right now, you'll receive two tickets to our Classical New England Festival at WGBH's Brighton Studios on June 23rd. For tickets and more info, visit classicalnewengland.org. Great question. That is a great question. And that's a great question. It's a great question. What a great question. On Fresh Air, you'll hear unexpected questions and unexpected answers. This afternoon at 2, here on 89.7 WGBH. You're listening to The Emily Rooney Show. Well, as we do every week this time, we're going to check in with some of our viewer comments, tweets, and Facebook posts. Let's see. On Monday, we were talking about PAX East and anime conventions that brought throngs of gamers and comic fans into town. They were all dressed up in costumes. We were talking about that. Our apparently dismissive tone prompted this email from Kimberly. I was really disappointed with the negativity shown toward the video gaming industry and those who partake in anime conventions. I find it disheartening that somehow some hobbies are looked upon as too lowbrow by your guests. Not everyone finds watching a bunch of rich guys hitting a ball into a hole exciting or even mentally challenging. Stating that people are reverting back to infantilism or childhood is just showing class elitism and a lack of understanding. Well, actually, I said I thought the commercial was pretty cool. I got a big kick out of it. That was Avi Nelson, who was really more shocking. 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 Right. All right, and we got a fun comment from B after our interview this week with Dana Boyd, who's a social media expert who studies the way people communicate online. She says, it seems the universal availability of the Internet is affecting people's speech and writing patterns. Is it my imagination or are people online under the impression that they're British? (laughs) Whenever I go onto a site that appeals to college-age groups, I'm seeing people talk about the horrid ginger they met whilst on holiday from Uni. (laughs) I don't even understand this. I guess that's what she's saying. It doesn't make sense at all. Well, whether you type it in American English, British English, or Esperanto, we love to hear from you. Email us at emily at wgbh.org or find us on Facebook and Twitter. And don't forget that you can listen to any of our back segments online at wgbh.org slash Emily Rooney. I am joined here in the studio by Michael Regenberg from Solomon and McCown PR firm, David Wedge from the Boston Herald, and Boston Globe columnist Kevin Cullen. All right, one of my favorite stories of the week was Tarek Mohammed, yeah. the uh, Sudbury homegrown terrorist who was convicted of uh, sympathizing with al-Qaeda, translating some of their videos uh, for people from English and from Arabic into English, um, I actually had a complete turnaround on him. I I was slightly sympathetic to the to the argument that he was uh, that this was a First Amendment issue. A first yeah, yeah. Until he spoke, yeah, he should have yeah. just shut up. <laughs> exactly, keep your mouth shut. Just shut up and, that, and talk about cameras in the court. That that would have been a much yeah. bigger story. They Absolutely. wouldn't have been leading mm-hmm. with Ann Romney last night. I agree. If there had been cameras in that court. It's ludicrous we don't have cameras in federal court. Federal court. court. Yeah. I know. It was federal court. But, you know, they, they've tried an experiment with the... Uh, Whitey Bulger. With, <laughs> with uh, civil courts, uh, civil federal courts. But that's not... This is that's what, not the same thing. It's not the same thing. Yeah. And this should have been available for everybody to see. I mean, this guy saying that, you know... He was not convicted by a jury of his peers because no American is his peer, mm-hmm. likening himself to Nelson Mandela and Paul Revere. They were once called terrorists, too. I mean, it was shocking. Well, R- R- I'm sorry. Richard Reed said similar stuff yeah. during yeah. his trial. So, you know, I think that, you know, while there is an element in this country of um, fear that the government is going too far and trying to root out al Qaeda and al Qaeda sympathizers, I think when you hear someone like him talk, you got to have a little bit of faith in the FBI and yeah. say, you know, know. maybe I, they know the guys are going after. It restored my faith in some respects. And, you know, I, it was a clue to me that the defense was asking for six years. So it wasn't <laughs> like, you know, they were saying, yeah. oh, this guy's innocent. <laughs> they were saying, okay, put him away. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it seemed to me that it was a fair sentence. But to your point, David, I think it is a reminder that, we, you know, we always think about al-Qaeda as being over there. And, mm. you know, it's, there's still the domestic threat and – that yeah, those luckily, guys were, they yeah. were here in Boston. They were yeah. right in this neighborhood. Yeah. You know? There's still something that nags away at me, though, with the sort of um, giving guys opportunities to do things that they might not necessarily do. Uh, that you saw. I mean, when I see these cases, they remind me of the cases the FBI were doing 
in the 80s yeah. uh, about IRA guys. And mm-hmm. I saw a number of the guys that were convicted for the, the IRA wouldn't have them. Uh, mm-hmm. They would just, you know, they would they were wannabes. And you wonder, but I mean, like this guy, to me, he he sort of, it, it was, he almost like convicted himself yeah. with yeah, that final did. speech. It was just mm-hmm. a remarkable speech from the doc. And uh, it, it kind of, you know, it removed any doubt that this this guy clearly did yeah. believe what they said he believed. It, it, I mean, I thought it was a pr- it was stronger than most. I mean, I know entrapment's often a uh, defense in this case, and when I read a lot of the filings online on that stuff, it, it sounded to me that this was a stronger case than usual. Uh, mm-hmm. And as I said, I think that, that post conviction speech. Uh, probably re- erased any doubt that a lot of fair-minded people would have. Yeah, and, you know, and, the, and the, the sentence was somewhat, right? I mean, he could have gone away. They could have sentenced him to life, and they decided not to do that. So there was some, you know, sort of leniency, if you can call a 17-and-a-half-year sentence uh, lenience. So, you know, I think there was some recognition of it wasn't – he hadn't done yeah. What was sad was that his family, father and brother, I talked to them, had a great conversation with them one night on Greater Boston. I mean, they were so, you know, calm and reassuring and, you know, they're Americans. They've got this pharmaceutical business mm-hmm. and, you know, they really got me going that probably this guy had been, you know, misconvicted. And you know, that, that That's happened that's, a lot in these cases that I've covered over the years, you know, Richard Reed and, and this yeah. one and, and the one and we talked about in the green room, the Danvers. Yeah. The families. Maybe they don't know. Maybe they're in on it, and that just—that's part of. Or in denial. That's part that's of the classic. front. I mean, it could mm-hmm. be part of the front for the whole, the whole thing. I mean, yeah. it's it's you know. But the things that guy was saying was scary. But real quick to your uh, IRA point, the, it's a good analogy. But the only point, uh, the only difference really is the IRA wasn't attacking America at that time the way Al Qaeda is. Right. So, yeah. No, that you know, is there's the whole you know prote- homeland security right. thing that wasn't right. an element back then you know right. talking to Dave Wedge Michael Regenberg and Kevin Cohen uh, another story this week right up your alley Kevin because you've been writing a lot about uh, bullying hazing bullying there was that awful story about uh, hazing that came out of Boston University this week uh, early Monday morning five uh, kids were found at an unsanctioned off-campus uh, fraternity house um, they were you know shackled together they were in their underwear they were covered with you know, condiments like ketchup and honey sauce and this kind of thing. They had, their heads had been shaved. There were welts on their backs. You know, this was a this is a, a, a hazing ritual. Mm-hmm. I mean, fourteen kids were were arrested for this. But I mean, it's like it's 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 synonymous with bullying. Yeah, it is, and it, it's just it's it's bullying with a college degree. But it, it, you know, I don't know how you get rid of this stuff because I my sense is there's less of it now than there was yeah, say when I, I was in is. college. Um, and I think most frats know they're on notice that if they get caught, they're screwed. So they don't do it as much. It's not. But this is a class. I did. I, how can you have an unsanctioned fraternity? That well, this one got thrown off campus yeah. in in 2003 for serving alcohol to underage kids. Were they on kids. double secret probation, yeah, like yeah. Animal House? Yeah, but with, yeah. what with BU, it's not. So now they've had this. What a, what a couple of weeks. Right. Yeah, they kind of run of bad. You know, whether it's the hockey. You two, know, two hockey players yeah. charged with rape, and then the April Fool's edition uh, yeah, of the so Daily Free Press making fun of rape. It's not a good— You know, uh, right. I mean, having worked at a university, I, you know, there is a responsibility that the university has to make sure that, you know, the atmosphere—that, th- first of all, that students understand what their responsibilities mm-hmm. are and that the atmosphere on the c- campus is, you know, is sort of protected and they and they use that. Um, and I think that there have been some incidents. I, I mean, I think with fraternities and sororities, which I have to admit I've never quite understood, but, um, you know, when you mix the alcohol, if there's more alcohol, yeah, yeah. there's more of a chance of, of this happening. And uh, to your point about it being less so, I was reading, knowing I was coming on here, that actually there have been more incidents and they're sort of more dramatic, you know. So there was a, a kid that died in, at Cornell. Yes. Right. Um, uh, you know, so it's – the, the, They're more sexual. They're more violent. at MIT. Yeah, yeah but there was – you know, I had this guy on last night from the Interfraternity Council at BU. He insisted in the most direct and, you know, absolute certain way that there is no hazing that goes on at any of the – fraternities at Boston University. He said he would know. Well, how can he say that? That's what he said. The sanctioned, you know, he said he would know. BU, the the broader point here, and and my wife, uh, Jessica Hessel, wrote a column about this this week. BU's got a major image problem right now. Yeah. Um, When the riots were happening after the sporting events, a lot of those kids were BU kids. 
Um, they've worked to get a handle on that. But now you get this string of incidents. You get the hockey team, all that. So the school itself has to take a look at what's going on with their students. And, and you know, fortunately, I went to BC and we didn't have frats. So I'm like you. I, I don't understand. <laughs> the whole thing it. was a frat yeah, in BC. Yeah, exactly. No, no, you, no. You know what though? It, it, like, yeah, there was a lot of partying, but there was no. I mean, if anyone ever talked about doing stuff like mm. tying guys up in their underwear, yeah, I'd be I just, like, out of there. Like, what are you guys talking about? Yeah. This is insanity. Well, it, I even speculated you know. that the, the, the kids who were tied up might be in trouble. I mean, they went along with this. And at some, you know, at some point, one of them – and they wouldn't have reported it if they hadn't been caught. Right. That's mm-hmm. the other thing. Would they, would they have reported some kind of you know, degradation or humiliation or abuse? No. Uh, I'm, to me, it's it's shocking that it's it's not shocking that it's still going on. It's just that I think the violent side of it is really. I I was at UMass and I remember two guys on my floor. They were they were on the wrestling team, and they were brought to a cemetery uh, just outside of Amherst and tied up to trees uh. in their underwear, and they were somehow supposed to free themselves and came back. And uh, I said to them, I go, why the hell would you do that? <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. They go, oh, we want to get into this frat. I go, it, it can't be that good. But, uh, you know, every, it, it, I think the mentality, the idea of getting into the frat, it, it kind of reminds – I never understood why doctors will defend the sort of internship program, the idea that, you know, these guys are – if you see an intern, how exhausted <laughs> yeah, they right, are. Right. But it's sort of like, you know, I went through it so you can go mm-hmm. through it. It's that mentality that what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, mm-hmm. which is sort of a flip side of the bullying argument because I remember during after the Phoebe Prince stuff – I heard from so many type parents who said to me, you know, um, it's not a nice world out there. You have to – the kids need to know that this is what it's like. And I just – I don't buy that at all. I think that's baloney. And in this day and age that that people are paying $55,000 a year so the kids can go and get hazed. Well, don't they all (laughs) – don't don't the kids also have to learn that there's a line you don't cross? Absolutely. You know, and that that should be part of the lesson too. Right. Well, yeah. And you don't have to go along with everything that's suggested. I mean the fact that these five guys – not one of them said, this is ridiculous. (laughs) I'm not doing that. This is going too far. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, it's it's they're afraid. You know. Yeah. Probably have you, afraid. Have yeah. you seen that yeah, new afraid. movie? By the way, the bully? Yet? bully. No, I haven't seen it yet. Uh, it's supposed to be really great good. Reviews. It's supposed to be really yeah, good. Yeah, Jared Bowen saw it. We were yeah. talking about it last night. They follow these five kids who were bullied over. They follow five kids for a year, and a couple stories are really, really heartbreaking. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, one kid who's had some, uh, you know, birth defects and and has some strange physical. Uh, characteristics as a result. I mean, and it's got this one sequence on the bus, on a school bus, where the cameraman is sitting in the back of the bus, and these kids are taunting and and to the Mm -hmm. point where they start pounding on this kid. Mm -hmm. It's really just... It's still amazing. I would say that not a week goes by that I don't get emails from people still about About this. Now, I was on Dateline a couple weeks ago, and that triggered a whole thing. But even before that... I still hear from people every single week about bullying. We, these are these are grownups who yeah, say it. Your infamous it, it, mean it girls com- column. It, it really aff- it affects more people than we realize, and it's also. I, I think there's a lot of PSTD in, in some of this stuff. Um, PTSD. I mean, the post traumatic stress, yeah. and I think it really affected a lot more people mm. than we realize. All right, talking to Kevin Cullen, Michael Regenberg, Dave Wedge. We're, we're going to be. Coming right back with our thumbs up, thumbs down on running or watching the Boston Marathon and sushi at Fenway. You're listening to The Emily Rooney Show from 89.7 WGBH, Boston Public Radio. Funding for our programs comes from you. Anne Greenberg Traurig, an international law firm with offices in Boston and more than 30 other cities worldwide, addressing the complex legal needs of businesses from startups to public companies. Global reach, local resources. GTLaw.com. And Innuendo and Natick with the Hunter Douglas Celebration of Light Spring Event, featuring the new cordless light rise silhouette shades, as well as duet architella and luminette shading systems. Innuendo.com. And from members of the Great Blue Hill Society, whose estate and planned giving arrangements to WGBH create a lasting legacy and ensure public media for generations to come. What will your legacy be? I'm Callie Crossley. On the next Callie Crossley Show, it's our weekend review. We look at the local news that went under the radar. We top off the hour with Ragtime, a roundup of the week's pop culture. That's today at 1 on 89.7 WGBH, Boston Public Radio.
From NPR News, this is All Things Considered. I'm Robert Siegel. And I'm Melissa Blog. Become a WGBH sustainer, and everything you hear... Details on a new study. It suggests chocolate may help make you thinner. Will sound a little bit sweeter. See what I mean? That's because sustainers break their support down into monthly installments that automatically renew. You set the amount, and every month your support helps 89.7 keep you connected to the stories you want to hear. Become a sustainer online at WGBH.org. As many classrooms upgrade with high-tech tools, one Silicon Valley school not only bans them but frowns on their use at home. Technology in the Classroom on Innovation Hub Saturday morning at 7 here on 89.7 WGBH. Welcome back. You're listening to the Emily Rooney Show. It is time now for ever popular thumbs up, thumbs down on the people, places, and issues in the news this week. All right, starting with Titanic, because we've well, – we, that's a story you just couldn't get away from this week. Thumb, all right, now you already know where he's going with this. <laughs> thumbs up, thumbs down. You're sick of hearing about the 100th anniversary of the Titanic. Kevin. I, well, I just t- – t- t- the idea that I have to see more of James Cameron this week. <laughs> the only interesting thing I learned this week is that Leonardo DiCaprio was 19 years old when he did that movie. Wow. Did you know that? No. I didn't, didn't know it. Yeah. Right. I'm not so sick of the Titanic, the story. I am sick of the promotion of oh. the movie. Yeah. Because, you know – Inextricably intertwined. Right. I mean 2D was enough. I don't need 3D. I, I Thumbs up. I mean it's it's – to me, it's a fascinating. I know disaster. I can't get and enough of it. It happened, you know. <laughs> plus, I have family from Nova Scotia, so yeah. there's some connection there. And I got to be honest, whenever that movie comes on, I just I can't you not cry? watch I it. Know. Cry. I know I, I don't love cry, it. but I have to watch it. And not not for Leo, not for the love story, but the disaster sequences are. I ended pretty up learning incredible, a lot more so. than I ever yeah. knew about the Titanic. I actually history. went when it was in Philadelphia a couple of years ago. I went to the museum exhibit they have in the Titanic. <clears throat> that was fascinating to learn mm-hmm. uh, about the people itself. And, yeah, the people and yeah. the sort of yeah. the way you know the, Downton Abbey has become this phenomenon because it sort of explains how the the class system uh, yeah. ended yes, with World yes, War II. Yes. Well, this was this the beginning the, of the end of the World class War I, system yeah. Yeah, the beginning in of America the because people true. said this is crazy. All yeah. the Four people died. Yeah, there's a guy who wrote a book just about that. I had him on yesterday, I think it was. All right. All right. So unfortunately, somebody put it on the note. But some thumbs up, thumbs down. Do you know what the Sultana is? I have an unfair advantage. My youngest son did a report on this two no. years ago. He did. He did because it was in the context of forgotten disasters. So you know. I do thumbs know. Up. I didn't look it up. Do you I know? Thumbs up, thumbs down. I have no idea what it is. I, I know now because I read it, but I had no idea before. What is yeah, it? It's the Sultana. Yeah, it's was a, a, mari- a par- Yeah, uh, it was the worst maritime disaster in United States yeah. history. An estimated sixteen hundred soldiers who were returning from a POW camp in the South perished on April twenty fifth, April twenty seventh, eighteen sixty five. Where did it happen? On, on, so on the Mississippi. Mississippi River. Yeah. Oh, wow. But the, the, the problem was, it's like, it's like that week, disasters. the, the That's war true. ended that week, yeah. so nobody yeah. cared. Yeah. <laughs> it was, what is also in the context Lincoln, of how many Lincoln people had, just been assassinated. had died. Exactly. And all these things had happened. And so it kind of got lost in the shuffle. It's not, you say 1,600 people perished. Well, you know what? That wasn't even a battle back then. No, I know. What did they 600,000 people. I the no, engines exploded. The paddle wheels oh, okay. were straining because the boat was was, uh, like was modeled for or something. for 350 people. It was packed with something like 2,200. Uh, yeah, actually, a number of people did survive. Oh wow! But, most but a lot of the guys were they too were just weak. burned to death. They were, they, yeah. But yeah. a lot of guys were just too yeah. weak to survive. Yeah, that sounds okay. like an unpleasant something disaster. Here All right, there we go. <laughs> oh, on to more um, upbeat. Uh, all right, uh, we're going to move on to the mar- uh, the marathon. So that was up thumbs down. If you can explain Patriots Day. I, you know, I was talking to someone about this yesterday. Is it is it Paul Revere's ride? Is that what it is? I thought Bob Kraft uh, copied. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly don't. Like know. It's, the day, it's the day they drafted Drew Bledsoe. Uh, wasn't it, wasn't it uh, the ride? Wasn't it? Was it? Revere's I think it's ride? Paul Revere's ride, yeah. isn't yeah. it? I think so too. Anyone I have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, does anybody know? Everybody's shrugging their Somebody shoulders. Somebody Google <laughs> that. Bad. Thumbs down. We, can nobody I, knows. Can I put it? I need to put a, a, a plug in for this guy. So this guy's running. So his name is Charlie Sherman. And he's running in the marathon with a giant toothbrush on his back uh-huh. as part of Tufts Dental School to raise awareness of how hard it is for – and he works for Delta Dental – how hard it is uh, for people with disabilities to get – to make sure that they get good um, care. So oh. he's running with a 20-pound 
uh, toothbrush. I think he'll be oh, yeah. quite visible in the uh, in the marathon. All right. I wasn't listening because I just got the answer to what Patriots Day is, and you're all wrong. It commemorates the battles of Lexington mm-hmm. and Concord. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh. So okay. that makes more sense, Patriots, <sighs> Patriots Day. There you go. I like the Bob Kraft one. All right. Um, <laughs> thumbs up, thumbs down. You're running the marathon. Me? I always say the guy that ran the first marathon died. <laughs> That's all I need to know. I, you know, it's uh, I. Good luck to people. Do it. I must have a prediction I mean, there. My, Eighty-five degrees. My wife. Yeah. Oh, my wife really is a physical <laughs> therapist, and she said it was remarkable how few injuries she treated. But and my theory on this is we had such a mild winter that people were not able to. People didn't have to force themselves and overtrain very quickly at the end. So people are in good shape. So Except those middle it's times, be right? The, it's, Eighty-five as if as if the Africans need a big bigger. Well, but actually, it'll be, it'll be cooler for them because it's yeah. going to heat up. Uh, later, so they'll have the cooler weather that they don't need. I'm going to go it. out on a limb and predict that a Kenyan wins. Okay. <laughs> thumbs up, thumbs down. You're going to watch the marathon. Uh, possibly, I may. I'm going to take I... that as a down. Uh, no, I'm not yeah. thumbs down. No, not on not TV. Actually. I may go out. And remember, I may, I may we all used to watch yeah. it. We all used to get into yeah. it. No. I don't remember that. I don't yeah. ever remember. Oh, I yeah. brought we my. Were all into it. I went to a ball game a couple of years ago and brought my son down and we watched a lot. That was fun. Yeah, uh, Bill Rogers. Yeah. I mean, it was you know yeah. back when an American had a chance. Yeah. 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 Oh. <laughs> well, that that takes away my next thumbs up. I know you're going to avoid the marathon. Everybody said thumbs up. Yeah, I'm going to avoid it. All right, moving on. This week, the Boston Herald had an interesting piece about restrictions against overly racy prom dresses. Thumbs up, <laughs> thumbs down on restrictions. Thumbs on... way up. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, come this, on. This, they, my, I have a 12-year-old daughter, and some of the girls that she brings over the house, it's uncomfortable. <laughs> it is. You know, and they're, tempting. They're, no. They're thir- no, they're 13 years old. <laughs> yeah, and they, it's ridiculous. They, it's ridiculous. I don't know how to say it in a nice way, but they look yeah. skanky. Yeah. yeah. And, and the clothes that – some of the clothes my daughter wants to buy, and that's just what they're selling to these yeah. girls. And it's it's not like – they're cheap. The girls, that's what they're being offered. I have a little problem with uh, It's a the Kardashian effect. Yeah. 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 It's what the is, Kardashian effect. It's so hard to explain. But, I mean, if they do have rules uh, for everyday school wear, I guess they could have it well, for What are you going to do? Have some you know, hall monitor at the door when the girls come in? Well, come on, Emily. There's, there's reason. You should see. I mean, Fox. There's reasonable dresses and there's unreasonable yeah. Fox, dresses. Fox TV actually has don't some you think? pictures. I didn't think the ones in the newspaper were all that they bad. They don't look that bad. Oh, come on. But I don't think that's what the issue is about. But the, when I hear people talking, like it just reminds me of what, what people were saying about Elvis Presley in the 50s. He I moves, know. He we moves his a bunch hips of funny too much. And, yeah, I don't know. I get it. Or, or hair, uh, the Beatles we, haircut. We've, come, you know, we've come a long way from there, my friend. you got to hope You got to hope that parents, a lot of it comes down to the parents yeah. if they want to let their daughter or their son go out the door looking like whatever that's up to them all right moving along to other sports related thumbs up thumbs down ozzy gillen being suspended for saying he, he's the uh miami yeah. Uh, yeah. What, what is it the, the not the, he's the manager the marlins, of the marlins. um Coach. He, like um, Fidel Castro. Suspended for saying he respects Fidel Castro. Thumbs down. That's ridiculous. First of all, there's a First Amendment right. If there's going to be any punishment, it's going Ian, to be sorry. people staying away from the Marlins game. And if anybody would stay away from a baseball game because they don't like what the manager says, they're welcome to it. It's a free country. But, you know, I, it, it's like everything. A lot of what was said was being taken out of context. So, so I, I take mean, it you don't think he should have apologized? I don't either. think he should have apologized. I think I don't, you know, the whole idea that he's popping off about geopolitics if you know anything about Aussie Guillen, that's, ama- that's amusing in its own case. But uh, I, I, I thought it was embarrassing the way the Marlins reacted. Dave? Uh, I say thumbs down. I agree with everything Kevin just said. <laughs> I do. Yeah, I do too. No, I just think it's ridiculous. It's uh, and, and I think his apology – They suspended His apology I mean, didn't make any what, sense. what ground? Yeah. His apology made no sense. It, it was like he was saying they, I was taken out of context. So, but then the why would you But Time Magazine saying no, we – we have it on tape, you know. We stand by the. Why story. didn't you just say I, I stand by what I said? What's wrong with saying you respect a leader? You know. I mean, I always find the whole that, the know, whole Castro debate in this country yeah, is ridiculous. ridiculous. <laughs> when I lived in Europe, they, it was so much of a mature debate about this, and even beyond that, all the Spanish banks went into Cuba and lined themselves up because they know Castro's going to die someday. You think so? They're way ahead of Are us. Are you sure? On this that? I, I, yeah. I just think it's funny that he's the one dictator that we really have a problem with in this yeah. country. Yeah. You know, and well, there's exactly. so many dictators decimating entire races of people, mm-hmm. you know, and we don't do anything about I know. it. But Gotta we hate, look. no one can say they like Castro. All right. What a joke. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Would you <clears throat> order sushi at Fenway? <laughs> thumbs down. <laughs> I thumbs wouldn't down. even order no. a hot dog at Fenway. <laughs> don't get me going on the sushi. 
<laughs> That's a kind of a scary thought. It's a really scary and a thought. huge mistake. Yeah. I'm telling you right now, as someone who I've never had food poisoning in my life <laughs> until I had sushi once here. Yeah. And I'll tell you something. You know, it it it, it can get tainted so easily, mm. and you know, in warm weather. Oh, yeah. And that is a huge one case of food poisoning. Now, are they going to throw are, them like the peanuts, or what are they going to do? Deliver to your seat, or are they going to come around with, uh, with 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 uh, California mistake. rolls? They gonna yeah. I don't think so. I think it's going. I think it's there's going to be a sushi bar. I don't think it's just in the box. Really? Probably serve them in those little plastic hats, you know, with the B on them. Oh, yeah. Like the ice cream. <laughs> Oh, I like those. Yeah. Those are cute. <laughs> All right. Let's see. Moving along here. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Are you superstitious about Friday the 13th? Thumbs down. No. No, I'm not. I, I don't think so. Uh, unless something bad happens. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll blame it on Friday the 13th. Kevin, they want I'm, you to put that binder clip down. I'm sorry. I'm making noise. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> now they tell you. Uh, no. I, I think it's silly to even talk about this stuff. You don't just kind of think about it every time you hear the no, date. No. But do, do you think it matters to the Red Sox that they're playing? Oh on, uh, yeah, Friday yeah, the thirteenth. Not really. I think <laughs> they're gonna. Pro- Actually, I think he'll probably pitch well today because he pitched lousy last time. So we'll see. All right, here's one for you, Dave. My last and final. Are you happy to see the Occupy protesters return with the warm weather? <laughs> uh, thumbs down, because now I know I'm going to have to harass the mayor with that question for the next. However many days they decide to What to was the question? Well, what, what are you going to do about <laughs> Occupy? Yeah. And he, every time he says, well, they have a First Amendment right, and I'm yeah. not going to kick them out. And we just keep getting the same answer, and it's just this ridiculous back and forth. I mean, they're protesters. They're free to protest. I, I think the more media coverage we give them, it just energizes them. <laughs> you know? I mean, it's, it's a worthwhile movement, but it's, it, for me personally, it's just – to me, it's kind of – it makes more work that I think is unproductive. Yeah, I think they're in front of the state house right now. Yeah, I mean, I think they have every right to protest. I don't have a problem with it. Yeah. I, what I have a problem with is, I mean, when it costs the Greenway sixty thousand yeah. dollars or whatever to have to restore it, that's you know, and they that's take, something they else. They took that area away from effective use by anybody else. Right. I mean, yeah. so Other standing out, standing out in that was front. A good story. Standing Welcome out. back, occupiers. <laughs> How can we miss them when they won't go away? Yeah, that's true. I take it uh, you're happy to have them. If back. they start setting up camps, up. then uh, then I'll then I'll get concerned. All right. start setting up more camps. That's going to do it for us today. My thanks to Kevin Cullen, Michael Regemer, David Wedge. And we're going to be back on Monday, but with a special Patriots Day edition of the Emily Rooney Show, translated on tape <laughs> instead of live. All right. Stay with us now for the Kelly Crossley Show coming up next. And tonight on my television show, Beat the Press, using exact quotes from people when their language includes the N-word. We're going to be talking about that issue and more. That's tonight at 7 on Channel 2. The Emily Rooney Show is a production of WGBH Radio. On the web at WGBH.org, Boston Public Radio. I'm Emily Rooney. Have a great afternoon.